Hello, everyone. Welcome to the latest Mayfair Theatre podcast. Uh, this one's going up a tiny bit late because we hit some technical difficulties slash um, our last podcast resource was full, as far as I understand <laughs> it. I'm not a technical genius, but uh, Andrew came to us the other day and was like, we made too many podcasts. we got to find somewhere else to put this. So I think we figured that out yesterday, and now we're uh, back on track and good to go. And we're on SoundCloud now. SoundCloud. Did you get that all figured out? Uh, well, I'm, I'm, it's a work in progress, but uh, as of this podcast, yeah. uh, if you're listening to this podcast, it is, of course, it coming from, <laughs> c- coming from uh, SoundCloud. The internet somewhere. And it just seemed like a much more reasonable offer than what uh, Andrew was footing the bill for. Uh, to So we're all signed up for an annual contract now, which is unlimited everything. So if it goes crazy and we get like some Kevin Smith numbers now, we're, we're fine. We're all mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's weird because I don't know anything about the internet. I just kind of go on it and watch David Letterman and stuff like that. Yeah. But um, it's weird that there's no internet or sorry no podcast kind of youtube equivalent mm. and maybe now we'll, well get there, a bunch there, of emails saying there's there is, ways but, around it but i yeah. mean with with these podcast um hosting sites what yeah. you're paying for is you know the ability to look at your stats and the ease yeah and uh you don't you know if you're uploading if you're on a good uh, podcast hosting site you don't have to worry about like uploading your podcast and wondering is it actually up or do yeah. i have to wait for you know two days and it's a very reasonable price, and so if you're a local business person who is affiliated with the Mayfair, you might be hearing from me soon, because I have a master plan to just basically break even on this, and then we will uh, yeah, we plug get one some, of our friends. Yeah, we advertising, because, you know, you listen to our favorite podcasts, I'll have uh, yeah. advertising. Um, not, but Shout-outs? Well, Shout-outs, but... Uh, yeah. What would be unique with us is that we could go to local businesses and uh, give them some advertising. Yeah, and considering how much we speak about our neighbors anyways, yeah. <laughs> maybe we can trick them into giving us a hundred bucks. And, and, uh, it could just be an, an extension of uh, the big screen advertising that we do. Exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, speaking of friends, we, we were... We got David some Schwimmer. really bad news today. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> no yeah, not I David just... Schwimmer. <laughs> not the TV show Friends. <laughs> Mel texted me seconds after my girlfriend, Gwen, we were both sitting on the couch doing some work, and she pointed her laptop at me, and it said, Auntie Lou's is closing. And it, it, uh, we have done, man, over the last couple years, I think, I think Auntie Lou's has been open for about six years, and whether it be at uh, kind of local flea market events or um, their store specifically, they got into other stores, all of their, their yummy, tasty treats. We've sold some of their treats. I was fully intending to get some Auntie Lou stuff for my wedding in August. And uh, so they closed. You know, running a small business is, is difficult, and the, the news just hit today. And it's sad because we've had an affiliation with them, and, and only once, but we, they sponsored a, a documentary that we screened once called Kings of Pastry and came in and brought a whole bunch of little treats to our, our patrons. But... Uh, yeah, it's a sad day for Ottawa that this great local business is uh, shutting. Mindy is like an inspiration. Oh, she's great. She's a badass. Yeah, and so whatever she does next, I'm sh- hopefully we'll hear some good news about what her next endeavor is soon. Because um, I, I was teasing her last time I saw her because we have an empty uh, storefront right across the street from us. And I was like, open up there. <laughs> the- yeah, yeah. Then I would eat every day from Auntie Lou's. But... Uh, yeah, so a little shout-out to our friends at Auntie Lou's because we will miss them, and we were always looking forward to getting 
their stuff in the candy bar in which I would eat into properties <laughs> and, and at least have one of them uh, over the night. But so, yeah, we hope to hear some good news from them soon. Yeah. I always yeah. get kind of sad when a small business, a unique small business shuts down. Yeah. It's really hard. And especially they were so intertwined to community, like... Um, they supported a lot of people. Yeah. Even just with, like, thumbs up and high fives, you know? Yeah. And, and I remember going to stuff in Ottawa, like the... Um, uh, oh, what's it called? The, the Punk Ottawa Flea Market. They were always there. And I went to a thing in the Glebe a few times where it was just like a... Like a I don't know what you call it, like a craft fair, I guess, where people were selling like soap and arts and crafts and things mm. like that. But they had one of their pop-up kitchens there where they were oh, selling man. like vegan egg McMuffins. And it was, man, lucky a riot didn't break out. I, I, I remember <laughs> what, one what, year... What would a vegan egg McMuffin be? Uh, so it's, 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 it's exactly like an egg McMuffin. And I forget what the fake egg is, but I've had it before. If you go to the Manx in town, they have... Vig. Tofu. <laughs> tofu scramble. Oh, okay. So yeah, it'd be like tofu. So it's kind of like that, but it's it's... And they got like cheese on it, like vegan cheese and everything. But I remember one year, I or one summer, I got like the last one in my hand, and then oh they God. like kind of crossed the board. And and a couple of friends of mine were in line behind me, and they were like jokingly yelling out, twenty dollars, fifty dollars. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's a sad day, but uh, hopefully we'll have more news from Mandy soon about what she's uh, doing next. And uh, man, I don't know who got the last batch of. And you lose treats, but... Whoever got the last movie <laughs> pie, I will give you... I wonder if there's some out there still, like, because she had them for sale in they a couple suburban kind of places, right? A little bit all over the place, yeah. I think um, even, like, Herb and Spice yeah. carries their stuff. Oh, um, man. I'm going go to go Since they started <laughs> doing packaged treats, yeah. they, there's probably still some at Farm Boy. To Farm Boy. Yeah. <laughs> Drop the podcast. we got to go to Farm Boy. Um, yeah, so that's sad news. In more kind of, to get off track of that... Um, Mel and I were standing behind the candy bar a couple nights ago. I forget what I was here to see. And um, someone heard it, overheard us talking. Oh, I was here to see the documentary uh, about the two eccentric, the artist. Some Kind of Love. Some Kind of Love. Very good documentary. Keep an eye out for that if you missed it here. And, and uh, a nice patron said, uh, are you guys on the podcast? <laughs> and I was like, yes. And he goes, oh, I recognize your voice. And he said, it reminds me of mowing the lawn. <laughs> and, for, and for some reason, I felt so, that was such a nice compliment just to be part I of. Don't, some, I don't get it. I guess he listened to the podcast when he what? mows the lawn. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and uh, <laughs> so it reminds me of mowing the lawn. So I just, it's nice. I, to I, thought, I thought he said something like your voice reminds oh, me yeah. of mowing the lawn. My, you my, sound like a lawnmower. He's lawnmower. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was, so that's funny. It's, it's nice getting uh, news that people out there are actually listening to it because I, I have become so addicted to podcasts the last three or four years, I guess, so much so that I've stopped listening to music and it mm. wasn't like a conscious thing. I just, I'm so overloaded with, like even what is now considered mainstream, like I listen to Nerdist and Kevin Smith and I listen to Harmontown and I listen to a bunch of uh, kind of L.A. comedic-based stuff. Do, do you listen to... Uh WTF with Mark Maron? No, I, I know I know Mark Maron for like twenty years because ever he's been on Conan yeah, forever. He, yeah, but I've never I, so I've heard him on everybody else's podcast, but I've never jumped into his podcast yet. But it's kind of President Obama is going to be on his podcast oh, on wow. Monday. Amazing. Wow, he actually went he actually went to his house in his back garage. Yeah, with like the the Secret Service closed off like his. His uh, street. How did he do that? I don't know crazy. how. I don't know how he scored that interview, but that's yeah. that's going to be posted on Monday. Yeah, because I know him from like being on Nerdist or being on Doug yeah. Loves Movies. 
And speaking of, I wanted to say it before I forgot, um, Matt Gorley just favorited a tweet that I put on to our Twitter post because I've been catching up on writing about my, my Doug Loves Movies challenge, which has taken over my life. Like, I'm like, oh, I should be writing a comic book. No, I have to watch a movie today. I should be doing this challenge oh. because I'm, you know, I'm not watching enough movies. Well, that, that's, so right now, I'm about, I think about four or five movies behind the pace. Like, I forget what day today is. Today's like day 170 or something like that. But it's, it's an effort. Like, and, and you don't have to watch a movie a day. Like, you can, you can watch two one day and then skip a day or whatever. But, man, it's, it's tough. So I, I wrote a little post about Dark Star because I had wrongly uh, said that it was um, Paul F. Tompkins who did the H.R. The, uh, Giger impersonation, but it's Matt Gorley. And if you don't know Matt Gorley, he does a podcast called Super Ego that's kind of an improv podcast. And he also does two movie geek podcasts. One's called James Bonding. That's just him talking about James Bond. James Bonding. James like Bonding. That. Very good. And then uh, he does a new one that's really great called I Was There Too. And it's all about if you were an extra or somebody like that <laughs> on a movie, you come in and talk about being on the movie. Amazing. So, for example, Doug Benson, when he was a kid, was an extra in Blade Runner and an extra in the Captain EO short film <laughs> that was at theme parks. So, the Michael Jackson, yeah. Francis Ford Coppola collaboration. And the aforementioned Paul F. Tompkins had like one line in There Will Be Blood. So he had Paul F. come in and talk about that's that. That's right. I remember that. So that's a great nerd movie nerd podcast if you guys are, are looking to... Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson seems to have a thing for comedians. Oh, yeah. Like he'll, put like a, he'll put a comedian in his film in like a small role, not necessarily like a big famous mm-hmm. comedian. Yeah. Because even in... in um, in the, his last one, he had his, his wife, right? He's married to... Yeah, Maya Rudolph uh, Maya Rudolph Saturday Night Live. Had a, a very uncomical part, but just was kind of a secretary. And um, But then, and of course, he did uh, uh, Punch Drug Love, which is... I don't think it's hard to say my favorite Adam Sandler movie. Oh <laughs> like, which I don't think is saying much at this no, point. No, no. But... Uh, but, yeah. But, okay. So, let's... Uh, we should get on topic here. We've got a lot of movies to talk about. Um... If you're listening to this right away, Jaws is the 20th and 21st here at the Mayfair. Uh, the actual 40th anniversary is Saturday, mm-hmm. and we have it booked for two days. And we've got a couple of drawings. To yeah, one of our off. one of our regulars. Uh, oh, I didn't a even know. Man this. by the name of uh, John N. He Hill, mm-hmm. uh, really nice guy. He uh, drew two character portraits. Cool. One of Roy Scheider. And yeah. one of Robert Shaw, and uh, they're really cool. They're and really cool. They're framed. They're framed. What? And uh, he dropped them off yesterday, and they are going to be up for auction. Okay. At cool. both of uh, the Jaw screenings yes, this weekend. Auction situation. Yeah, that's cool. That's neat. I didn't even know. So that was if, if you're a big Jaws I fan, stopped by yesterday. <laughs> I was just like, hey, did Lee tell you I was stopping, stopping by? And I was like, well, no, but you're here, so what's yeah. up? <laughs> if you go on our Instagram, you can. Uh, Look at them; they're really cool. Cool. And uh, yeah, they'll they'll be up for silent auction before uh, both screenings on Saturday and Sunday. Cool. Yeah, it's. Uh, I remember watching Jaws. The first time I saw Jaws was definitely on VHS. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For and me, it was cable, like uh, okay. movie picks. Yeah, yeah. And then I remember when I was in in school in Vancouver. When I was in college in Vancouver, somebody did a they did a um, a midnight screening of it. And that would have been my first time seeing it on the big screen. Mm-hmm. And a very backhanded compliment towards VHS, but growing up on VHS, the best thing about it is then seeing it on the big screen. 
because oh then God. it goes from like cut up pan and scan to widescreen, mm-hmm. and it's just like all of a sudden, you know, I always forget the number, but seeing you know x amount of more space up on the screen, like seeing a, a I, don't, I don't think it's a third, but like seeing so much more image, seeing it so much better, so so much higher quality. I've been really lucky that I've gotten to see quite a few of my childhood favorites on the big screen through working for the Mayfair yeah. and like people's private screenings and stuff like oh, that yeah. that, we're, that we get to work sometimes. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty sweet to see And Jaws is, is mm-hmm. it, it's, it's, it's fun showing it right now when we, of course, Jurassic World is out and made, I thought it would do well, but it made all the money. Like it made, <laughs> it's, it's the, and it's just, and I, I love dinosaurs, I love summer movies, and I get people mad at me about this, and they're saying, oh, Jurassic World's not as good as Jurassic Park. And I'm like, none of the Jurassic movies are that great, but they have dinosaurs chasing people. And I love dinosaurs. And the problem with any Jurassic movies, the same as any horror film, is that suspension of disbelief of, okay, you did it once. We made some dinosaurs. Oops, they got out and killed a bunch of people. Let's do it again. You know, like, and, and especially in Jurassic World, which I have not seen yet, but the premise is, Oh yeah, but the park was cool. We're gonna make a giant thing with even bigger, scarier dinosaurs, and I'm sure nothing will go wrong. But so it's fun showing Jaws when this film, Jurassic World, is out, which is produced by Spielberg. Because for better or for worse, Jaws was most people think like the first summer blockbuster. Mm-hmm. There were successful movies before then, of course. Because but that was the first like mega opening on three thousand screens. Yeah. Because you could argue that, that, you know, Wizard of Oz made a lot of money or, or Gone with the Wind made a lot of money. But to have, have that just... To, and we've lost that now because Avengers made a ton of money. Fast and the Furious 7 made a ton of money. But they're gone already. Like, they're, they're off of the social radar. They don't last for very long on the big screen. Yeah, which is so weird because when I was a kid, you know, if you went to see Return of the Jedi... All summer. For it like, was the entire summer. Yeah, yeah, for three months. And they'd re-release it because it was before, yeah. you know... VHS and cable, so... Yeah. They Even just up to, keep... like, when I was working at Rito, mm-hmm. there was the Summer of the Threes, you know? It was yes. um, Pirates of the Caribbean 3, Shrek 3, and I think it was Mission Impossible 3. They all came out the same summer. Yeah. I might be wrong about Mission Impossible. Yeah. It might have been a different movie. Right. But anyway, Some other three. we had all three of them on the screen all summer. Yeah. And, and that's all we got to play. Yeah, and, like, when I was a kid, it was, like, Return of the Jedi, it was, like... I had a lunchbox and there were trading cards and action figures and you went to see it a bunch of times and you'd see it once and then you'd see it a month later on a birthday party and you see it a month later with your parents, you know, like, but that doesn't, because, you know, Avengers made a billion dollars, but it seems off of the, the media radar already. Yeah. And so when Jaws came out, I don't know how long it was in theaters, but it was like forever. Like it was probably, if it was in a theater like the Mayfair back in the seventies, it would have been here for months. Like, mm-hmm. for months and months and months. Because that was back in the day. This was... Mel was t- telling me the other day, like, the multiplexes really mess people up. Yeah. In terms of how they attend a theater. Oh, yeah. Like this, a single screen theater, which, you know, used to be the norm. Yeah. Where you'd line up outside, you'd go see Jaws, get there, you know, a couple hours early because you'd be lining up across the block. Yeah. You couldn't just go into the lobby and go to the arcade because they no. didn't have any of that stuff. Well, even the other day, it was one of the more mainstream movies we were screening. Like, we showed Kingsman recently. It might have been one of those. But a, a young couple came in, and we're very nice, but kind of, we don't, we're bare bones here. So it's like we got someone in the box office and someone in the candy bar. So they went back us expecting a, a, an usher. Mm-hmm. 
and he kind of looked at me through the open door of the box office and went, oh, where do we go? Do you take this? Yeah. And I was, I was like, oh, straight ahead. And and this young couple had no concept that we were a single screen multi or non-multiplex. That we might remember their face. Yeah. And maybe it's because when they walked in, they just saw, like, whatever other two movies were playing that day with Kingsman, maybe they didn't pay attention and they thought that was the three screens, ah. possibly, you know? But then they walked in, and I, it's always my favorite thing because inevitably you kind of hear like a gasp or a "Oh, this is like a you know," like, yeah. and and that's so fun. But so so that's another you know showing a forty year old movie is fun because because like I don't know when when did the multiplex start? Like when did the well like I, like the big ugly Ottawa? multiplex? Yeah, Ottawa was one of the first yeah. cities I think in the world that had the Elgin and the Little Elgin the, split up. Yeah, right? the, the Elgin and the Little Elgin. I think. That might have been the first multiplex. I think it was. Wow. I think the dude's name was Nat Taylor, who mm-hmm. decided Ran, to engineer. Ran uh, Famous Players. Yeah. Yeah. And what was and the so Elgin? I, always, I already forget. Was it two screens? It started off as one. One. And they split it. He made the decision to split it into two. Interesting. Um, and, and then, then I think Cineplex... A few others followed suit. Cineplex created the, um, the idea of little, uh, a big complex with little screening rooms. Right. Like the Eaton Center Theater in Toronto. Yeah. And um, and there was the, uh, the oh, what was it Like called? World Exchange, those kind of theaters where yeah. it was, um, you know, there was a little, big... little screening rooms. Yeah. Little, uh, th- a big theater with little theaters. Because in Ottawa, there was the Capitol Square and Place de Ville, which were right, like, downtown near Bank Street. Mm-hmm. And those were, like, three screens each, kind of smaller. I sort of feel like Rideau might have been the second. Rideau? Yeah, Rideau was three screens. And then there was... Off, or pretty close to. On the West End, was it, what was it called? It, it, it's now a church, and it was a little... Oh, the Elmdale? The Elmdale. Elmdale, yeah. yeah. If, you go to, if you go there, it still has a marquee with the, with yeah. the Cineplex 1 and 2. Like, they didn't really change it. Oh, I didn't even notice that. And I never, Somebody told me they still have stuff inside. Maybe not seats and stuff like that, but the, like a projector. I heard... Um, see, it's such a shame, because I think beginning in the, uh, in the early aughts, all these theaters were just closing down, oh, yeah. like like a, like dominoes just mm-hmm. falling because you know, AMC opened up in Canada and that changed everything, you know, yeah. and Coliseum and, Coliseum, and the yeah. PN. <laughs> but um, Place de Ville, I think it was mm-hmm. that un- underground mall theater. Apparently, it's still kind of there, like yeah. that space. Oh, it was up until recently, but I think they're they demolished it, taking getting rid of everything. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like on, on the topic of Jurassic Park, I saw Jurassic Park like opening day uh, at the Somerset Theater. And so years later, they, I forget what year they closed it down. It was somewhere around then, like the early, early zeros. Mm-hmm. And you couldn't have, because this is, this is like the first movie I saw in a theater was Empire Strikes Back at the Somerset. And then I saw like Return of the Jedi there and, and, uh, uh, a friend's big sister worked there who may or may not have snuck us into a bunch of things. Amazing. Um, but I was walking south on Bank Street, and I turned my head to the right and witnessed a wrecking ball hit the front nope. of the Somerset. Nope. Like, right then. So if I would have been, like, 30 seconds before or after, I would have seen it, but I wouldn't have seen the smash. I saw the smash into the front wall. I didn't think wall. that wrecking balls were real things anymore. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it was yeah. Mr. Burns doing it. Mr. Burns, yeah. <laughs> laughing maniacally. And now it's it's there's no evidence of it there because now just around the corner of the the Hartman, Hartman's grocery store on Bank Street, 
it's it's condos, but there's no oh. evidence that yeah. there was a movie theater. What is theater going there. on in the world? Everything <laughs> everything is being condoized. Well, I don't know. Rich people are why we can't have nice things. Like you look at Ottawa, all the great cities that that oh, have yeah. great character and great yeah. you know landmarks. Yeah, they're, you know they're they're being shut down, and and what's replacing them? Condos. Well, in, and in Ottawa, like, are there not enough places for rich people to live? <laughs> and I could be wrong about this, but it doesn't seem like say if like. If Ford said, oh, we're, we're making a big factory in Ottawa and it's going to mean 3,000 new jobs or something, you would say, oh, we need a lot of new homes. But seemingly nothing has happened to instigate. We still need jobs. Yeah. yeah there's, still, there's still people who are jobless. And I was out, it was last, it was in March, so a few, a few months ago, went out to a, a hockey game with my uncle. And I've totally fallen out of, when I was a kid, I was all into hockey, but now I've fallen out of it. But it's still fun to go like once a year with your uncle and eat a pretzel and, yeah. you know, do that. And I hadn't been out to what is now called Canadian Tire Centre in maybe a year. The Palladium? The Palladium. <laughs> the, the Canadian Tire Scotiabank Palladium Centre. And it's, there's all this more suburbia out there now. Um, and it just seemed, because I, it's been so long since I've been there, it Do seemed like... you remember when it was a field? Oh, yeah. around that place? Yeah. And, and it used to be like... When my mom was younger, she grew up in, or she... When We're she talking was, like Andrew doesn't live there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Are you talking about Canada? Canada, yeah. Well, oh, I don't live there anymore. You're closer well, now. I grew, I grew yeah. up there, and yeah, I watched it really <laughs> proliferate. Like, when my mom was, I believe, a teenager, grandparents, li- my grandparents lived in Gloucester, which at the time yeah. was the end of the world for Ottawa. Like, that was it. And there was, someone just posted it on Facebook recently, but there was a drive-in, like, right around the corner from where my mom lived. Wow. And it's been gone forever and ever, but everything east of there was trees, and now that's Orleans. And I went out to Rockland for a, a roller derby game a little while ago. Oh, my God, Rockland. And, and that's still growing. Like, Orleans keeps going. And I'm like, where's everybody coming from? I don't yeah. know where. And the the possible good news from a business point of view is that if a whole bunch of more people are moving into condos around Glebe, Centertown, whatever, maybe it's more customers for us, hopefully. Yeah, but, hopefully. But yeah, I just don't know where everyone's, where all this... Uh, what are these people doing all day? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But... Uh, They're going to the, uh, the what, what's happening this weekend? The Lantern Festival? Or the Glowfest? Glowfest. Yeah. I don't know what that is. I walked They're through it once. They're down Bank Street. They're, they're shutting down Bank Street so people can put glow sticks on their necks. It's like a big party on Bank Street glow, for a couple of days, party. I guess. It's like a mild rave or something. Mild <laughs> rave. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, calm down. You get one glow stick per person. There'll be no music. Walk calmly to your place of but, work. No, I think there is music in the artsy stuff. Uh, okay, so Jaws. Jaws is good. We're all looking forward to Jaws. Um, what else? All the time in the world looks like a fantastic, looks good, slow-paced, like nature documentary. A, a family moves to the woods and cuts themselves off from technology. Technology for I don't know for how long. If they did for a year or six months or whatever. Um, Always the funny thing with a documentary like this though is like cut themselves off from technology, mm-hmm. except the camera crew who will be hanging around <laughs> watching them cut well, themselves they off might from technology. Still be doing it. Maybe yeah, <laughs> but it looks very interesting, and it, it's kind of one of those things where. I would never do it in a million years because, like, my my mom and my brother are campers. Mm-hmm. And since I was, like, a teenager, as soon as I could, I'd be like, I'm not going with you. <laughs> I don't like camping. No, I like, love camping. i be like, I'm staying home for March break. <laughs> um, do you remember when the blackout happened? Yes. I was camping in Algonquin Park with my best good friend, Nao, mm-hmm. and the power went out. But we were on a campsite that didn't uh, have any power anyway. So it was like, well, we're just going to keep doing what we're doing. And then later on in the evening, we took a tour of, like, 
the RV campsites with yeah. people who were losing their minds because they didn't know how to cook their food with fire. Anyway. Yeah. So <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> so I would never do it, so I will watch the documentary about people braver than I doing it because I don't want to be cut off from my it, my internets. <laughs> it sounds really cool, though. Oh, yeah. It, it's, and it got high praise. It's won, like, I don't know, two dozen awards, it seems. It, it's, it's a movie not difficult to find praise for when talking about it on Twitter or anything. Yeah. It, it has a high, high praise. Uh, and then... Wow, we have three documentaries this weekend. Yeah. So another documentary we have is Iris, which is about a New York fashion icon in her 90s. She's like 93 years old, and she's a famous uh, fashionista. Fashionista, yeah. And designer, and uh, apparently she's quite a character. Like, she's really kind of witty and... Yeah, the trailer's great. And my favorite thing in the trailer, she says, I'm pretty sure I was the first woman to wear jeans. And that's a cool claim to fame. Yeah, like, that's pretty awesome. Like, Let alone pants. Pants, yeah, jeans. She was the first, jeans. first woman to wear jeans. And that's the final film by Albert Mazels, who was a famous documentarian. Yeah, who did. Passed away Grey recently. Gardens? Did Grey Gardens, and he did Gimme Shelter. Gimme Shelter, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Which is amazing, because you look at Gimme Shelter, and it couldn't be more opposite of a film than Iris. Mm-hmm. Like, a, like a, a, a cornerstone rock and roll documentary, or a nice, quiet movie about a funny, eccentric lady in the fashion world. Uh, yeah. But that's my favorite kind of filmmaker. People are all over the map and do things yeah. different all the time. Uh, and then our third documentary this weekend is Live from New York about the... I guess, is it, I guess it's instigated by the 40th anniversary of Saturday Night Live. I guess so. This but the two 40th anniversary? <clears throat> the, um, the angle oh, of yeah. this documentary yeah. is, is um, how, uh, how the culture shaped Saturday Night Live's content. So it's sort of like... Saturday Night Live came on in 1975, and Gerald Ford was the president, so it's sort of, you know, what was going on in the world and how it affected the comedy on SNL. Cool. I wonder if there's a scene of, I forget who did the sketch, but there's a Jaws sketch in Saturday Night Live Mm -hmm. where, like, a shark comes knocking at the door and says, like... Yeah, the land shark. Says, like, Candy Graham. So if if there's a shark, if that sketch is in the documentary, that's another perfect... Unplanned double bill. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> there's some people coming up for Father's Day to see that. Oh yeah, it's like a. I don't know, but like for me, my stepdad was the SNL guy. Yeah, you know, I grew he, up watching he, SNL. He would quote as, it. Yeah, like as a little kid when I was like, I think I started watching that show when I was like six or seven. Oh yeah, I'd stay up really late to way watch past it. Your bedtime. Where were your way, parents? Way <laughs> past my bedtime. And uh, I don't keep up with it really anymore. No. It's sort of like, <laughs> I'm kind of over the show now because it's been on for so long. But It's uh, interesting because it was so I grew up watching it with like Phil Hartman and yeah. Mike mm-hmm. Myers and Farley and David Spade. It was, it was somebody recently, Dana Carvey, who's kind of semi-retired, and he, he semi-retired for the best reason. It but was he's like, got Joe Dirt 2 coming out on <laughs> Crackle. Dana Carvey's in Joe Dirt 2? Oh, did, no, did I say Dana Carvey? Crackle. Did you say David? I, oh, sorry. Okay. I, I no, thought no. you meant David Spade. David Spade, no. <coughs> David Spade's in all those great grown-up movies. <laughs> um, Dana Carvey, Dana that's Carvey, right. who, if I remember correctly, kind of semi-retired because of health reasons. And yeah, he had to yeah, be a dad. heart surgery. Yeah, and so you, you see him pop up for once in a while. He'll do some stand-up. He'll be on a talk show, but he's more or less retired. Uh, but he said every generation of Saturday Night Live, or every person uh, who becomes a fan of Saturday Night Live hates the cast after. And then that cast goes on to be legendary, you know? Yeah. And that's very true, because I'm guilty of, like, my Saturday Night Live, it was kind of the same as yours, but but, uh, even though I'm older than you are, 
but uh, but my Saturday Night Live was um, Wayne's World was was mm-hmm. was and like Phil Hartman was the old man on campus. Yeah, and but it was it was Phil Hartman was brilliant. He oh, was he God, was yeah. one of the best people in the history of that show. Yeah, and then when it came after, I kind of stopped watching it, mm-hmm. and then a little while later, all these people like Will Ferrell. And then even way after Will, I think, because now it's like, I, I think Kristen Wiig is brilliant, but I've never watched a single episode of Saturday Night Live mm-hmm. she was on. Or even, like, I was a big fan of uh, Parks and Recreation, but I, I didn't really see Amy Poehler do the news at all because that was past my time. Mm-hmm. So I think whether you like the show or not, there's always brilliant people on Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. And often they kind of hit their stride afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Well, the show's about... Um, you know, making stars. Harry Shearer, you know? Harry yeah. Shearer, he was on the show for a while. Yeah. Hated doing it. Yeah. <laughs> and his theory is, you know, the show's about making the next big comedy star as opposed yeah. to, you know, characters. And and you look and there's, like, weird stuff that time forgot that, like, like Robert Downey Jr. was... Yeah, a, he was, was on the show. ...was a failed Saturday Night Live guy. And Randy Quaid was on that year and... Um, Billy yeah, Crystal, Anthony Michael Hall, yeah, like just and and, and Julie Louis Dreyfus, who has gone on to like, like she and she broke any kind of typecasting curse because after Seinfeld she did a couple other things and now she's on Veep and she's still doing stuff. Yeah, so yeah. so Saturday Night Live, and I I almost think in a very it's the, the tagline on this documentary is, oh what is it? It's like we we don't go on because we're ready, we go on because it's 11.30. Yeah. They, yeah. The, how they put that show together is insane. And I'm like, that's not a good Do you, I don't tagline. know if it can be called putting together. <laughs> yeah. They throw, together. They, they have, um, they don't decide, they do a dress rehearsal, which they shoot. Yeah. And then they cut stuff for time and whatever, and it's all done very last minute. And, and, there, and there's some people who that's are incredible. very talented who will go weeks and weeks with like, you know, playing the waiter. Like, who, like, it's hard to get, you can be there and you're like, you know, in the, in the featuring opening credit montage and you might in a 90 minute show get to say coffee, sir, and then walk off stage. Well, you got to yeah. fight to be on the show. Apparently you have to, um, like you're on the show yeah. and you're on, you're in the cast, but then you have to get on the show. Yeah. Meaning you have to get a writer to like you Yeah. and, uh, and write sketches for you and uh, make sure that those sketches get on the air. Like, it's, it's very political how it works there. And, like, and now it seems... I wonder if it's like that at the Second City. A friend of mine does Probably. stuff at the Second City. and uh, Like, it's not live. But yeah. I wonder if it's that much of a throwing elbows, like, competition. Well, yeah, because, every, you know, a lot, of, a lot of egos, everyone wants to be the star. Yeah. So... And with yeah. rare exception, there's... You, it's usually pretty even. Like, every once in a while, like, a... Eddie Murphy or a Will Ferrell breakthrough and maybe get more screen time per episode. But like often, and now like it seems that the Saturday Night Live, Saturday Night Live movie has calmed down a bit. Cause in my youth, they went crazy and it was, it was Wayne's world and Coneheads and Pat yeah. and yeah. Stuart Smiley. They, well, they stopped making money. I mean, those, yeah. you know, Wayne's world was a huge hit. Yeah. Um, Blues brothers, yeah. which yeah. I think was the first yeah. Saturday Night Live movie. Great yeah. movie. Yeah. But then, you know, I think the last couple were, like, uh, The Ladies' Man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With Tim Meadows. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, the, those movies weren't successful. So I yeah. guess and now, and now everybody involved is having success just doing other stuff. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, whether it be Jason Sudeikis or Kristen Wiig, they're all just movie stars now. Well, like, <clears> an <throat> SNL clip will go viral, and then people yeah. will be like, I like that person. And then... 
yeah. subsequently watch the rest of their stuff, right? And w- which is my backhanded compliment of a of a. Th- I haven't seen the Saturday Night Live movie yet. I'm going to come see it tomorrow on Saturday, but um, Saturday Night Live works best as a best of clip show, I think, because mm. back when I worked at a video store, that would be a good thing to put on in the background because. I never like putting on movies because I like watching movies. Yeah. But if you put on Bugs Bunny or you put on, on Saturday Night Live, best of things, and you get somebody, like, if you get, like, the Adam Sandler best of thing, it's somebody who's been on for, like, seven or eight years, and you whittle that down to 90 minutes, and that's a funny 90 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> none, none of the bad sketches. It's all just the good stuff. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's funny that I think it was Louis C.K. on um, the last Saturday Night Live 40th anniversary TV special. It was this big, like, three-hour epic thing. He pointed out that the best sound hit live are your pre-recorded video it's segments. It's so true. You know why? <laughs> because the sketches yeah. that they do on those sets in the studio, you know, they're all they're reading off cue cards. Yeah. It's all thrown together improv. last minute. It's yeah. not improv, it's all written, but you know, it's it's all very it tends to be very stilted because, you know, they're reading off cue cards, they didn't have time to like learn their lines. The quality of the sketches aren't as good. But the pre-recorded stuff, you know, they put more time and rehearsal into it, yeah. I guess. So, therefore... That's why you look at, like, SCTV. A little bit more love. Yeah. yeah, like SCTV or Kids in the Hall or Monty Python. None of them were live. That's, and I, yeah. And I think they all have better reviews than Saturday Night Live over yeah. the past while, you know. But Yeah, SCTV, it was just they, they wrote and wrote and rehearsed and did it until they got it right. Yeah. It wasn't live, so they didn't have that stress. Yeah. So there are people who argue... Uh, and I kind of agree that that, you know, that's the superior show. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do it pre-recorded. As we have one last new film this week, and that's the auto premiere of Jackie Chan's Police Story. What's the subtitle? Lockdown. Lockdown. Police Story Lockdown. Formerly titled Police Story 2013. So it took two years to get it across the ocean over to Canada. And this is not a Hong Kong production. It's a mainland China production. Mm -hmm. And it's weird because I've, I've se- I think I've seen all of them or most of the police stories, but it's weird because this one in itself is, like, if you haven't seen the other ones, you can just come see this one. Like, it's not like... It's a standalone film. I don't think... I think it's kind of in name only. Yeah. Related it, to the other ones. And it's strangely, like, maybe a reboot, maybe not. Like, is it the same character name, I guess? I don't think so. Weird. So it's just, I like, another, so. another police but action what's, branding. What's weird about those... Um, Jack, about these Jackie Chan movies is that he'll play a character. Yeah. And then they'll dub it for U.S. release and his name in the movie will be Jackie Chan. Oh, So he'll yeah. be like, like, first strike, he'll be like, special agent Jackie Chan has gone missing. And it's like... That's so weird. Uh, it's, a doc- <laughs> it's a documentary. Though he's always dubbed himself, I, I think. I think so. In English. And his English isn't that great. <laughs> well, his career is interesting because, like, when was... When was Rush Hour? That was like... 98. 98. So Jackie's first attempt to hit America was what, like in 1980 for Cannibal Run? uh, The big brawl was like, that was his attempt. Yeah. From the director of Enter the Dragon to to break into the the U.S. market. And it didn't quite work. It took him a couple tries. Because I remember him in Cannibal Run. I saw that when I was like a little, little kid. And he was like part of the ensemble there. Mm -hmm. And then he came back like, what, like, 15, 16 years He did a later. movie called The Protector mm-hmm. where he was a New York cop yeah. and Danny Aiello was his partner. And that was an attempt to make him sort of a Dirty Harry type cop and that yeah. didn't work. Uh, so it wasn't until Rumble in the Bronx. I was in Vancouver and I witnessed some of the shooting of Rumble in the Bronx. 
And it's so interesting to watch the movie. Because Vancouver is identical to Yeah, Toronto. Vancouver, if you think of New York City, you think of Vancouver. The Bronx has <laughs> the most beautiful mountain vistas. And there's scenes where it's like, there's the mountains. Like, they didn't even try. Like, turn the camera the other way. Don't point the camera at the mountains, yeah. you know? And Sometimes it's that simple. Yeah. But he went on a bit of a run there and had a bunch of kind of cult films for a while. They should have done what Brett Kelly does, where he keeps the camera kind of low yeah. to like hide, the, <laughs> hide the, the modern day buildings. Yeah, that's all you gotta do. And, but what was his last big American film? It was Karate Kid, right? Uh, I think so. Because he seems to have kind of... Spy Next Door. Spy Next Door, yeah. He, he was se- really good in the Karate Kid. Karate Kid oh, I yeah. really liked. My, my biggest qualm with the Karate Kid was that it was called the Karate Kid because it could have, I think, held on its own and I forget what it is, but it's not karate in the movie. They're, they're, they're doing another martial arts. It's kung fu. Yeah. So why not call it the Kung Fu Kid? Still get publicity out of it being like a remake of Karate Kid, say based on the Karate Kid. But uh, it, Jackie seems to have happily kind of gone home. Like he's very busy. You look at his, his IMDb, and he's done a whole bunch of he movies. He just did a movie with John Cusack and Adrian Brody. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I forgot what it's called, but it, it's like the biggest moneymaker in, in Hong Kong or something. Yeah. I heard Kuzak talking about that on The Nerdist, actually, and mm-hmm. he said he got, like, the offer from his agent, and he was like, yes, I do want to go and have fight scenes with Jackie Chan. <laughs> and, and, uh, and Is I this think, a dream? And he's, I think, the only, you know, white guy in the movie, I'm pretty sure. Dragon right? Blade, it's called. Dragon Blade. Ooh, I wonder, wonder if we can get that. Um, lost Roman soldiers navigate their way through China. Ooh, I'm in. <laughs> Let's get that one. And uh, before we wrap up, I guess the only other thing to talk about is we do have a room screening this Saturday at 10.30. 10.30. And again, if you miss it, because, you know, the way of podcast not being radio, you could be listening to this whenever. Uh, we play it every month. We play it every month. <laughs> well, I got the dates here. So it's this Saturday at 10.30. And oh, then yeah. It, pretty, we it, did book. Yeah, we have the next and one then, already. Uh, it's, yeah, this Saturday at 10.30 and then July 18th. And, and then Rocky Horror is uh, June 27th and July 11th. Man, and that, so for, for The Room, this month is the 70th screening. So Are, are you sure? I'm, it, I'm, I'm sure, lo- yeah, I totally would been confused with the numbers there. Yeah, we, 70th monthly. 70th monthly screening. I feel that on the date slug we should just put, look, we've been showing this <laughs> for a long, long time, time, all right? <laughs> we totally messed up, or I totally messed up, and at least twice in the past couple of years I put like, 65 and then 65, 65, 65 or I'd put like 56, 56, but I went back and I remember it because there's, there's a, it's like Halloween 2013, is that right? Was 50. Cause I, me- I remember it was like a, a double cool. Yeah. So you can kind of go back to that, but it's, uh, it's funny cause uh, a friend of mine, uh, a couple of friends of mine were visiting town this week unexpectedly. And so I got to finally give them their autographed Greg Sestero copy of Disaster Artist. Wow. And I, I bought the, I, I got the book from Greg, but then I, I ended up listening to it. I got it from the library, but I figure I still supported Greg. I bought the book, but uh, I got the audiobook from the library and listened to that. I, I, I like audiobooks for autobiographies and that sort of thing. And I warned my friend who, uh, she's a giant fan of the room. She got to meet Tommy a couple years ago. She wears a shirt, the whole thing. Um, and, um, that once you read this book, it's going to change the way you watch The Room. So I'm hesitant to recommend people who come to see The Room every month to read it because it's not as funny anymore once you kind of read the crazy behind the scene of kind of 
the sadness of the of the shoot and the anger of the shoot and what happened to the crew and Greg and whoever helped him co-write I forget who helped him co-write it's a great book even yeah. if, if you've never seen the room if you're not into behind the movies kind of things it's very interesting and I think we'll make a really good biopic that I hope we get mm-hmm. to screen here mm-hmm. sooner or later. Yeah, James Franco's playing Tommy or something. Yeah. Well, he is James Franco. He's directing it. I don't know if he's committed to starring in it, but... I see him playing Tommy or wanting to play Tommy. Yeah. And, then, and I hope the whole gang's in it, you know? You can get, like... <laughs> get, like... Get uh, um, everybody from, from uh, Craig Robinson and get yeah. uh, James Franco, Dave Franco and, and uh, Seth Rogen. Get them all in there. <laughs> But yeah, it's a really good book if you guys haven't read it yet. And uh, if you miss seeing The Room this month, it'll be back next month and the month after. And we sell it on Blu-ray and DVD, by the way. Mm-hmm. We do. Yeah, mm-hmm. a couple people come in lately. And, and I, I recommend if, if, you, if you're curious about The Room, um, the problem with coming to see it is that you're going to be kind of lost in the, in the rowdiness of it because yeah. people shout things at the screen. You're not going to hear the dialogue. Um, so it's a little like insider. Yeah. Um, so get the DVD or the Blu-ray and watch it at home. Yeah. And get to yeah. know all the dialogue and all the craziness of it. And yeah. that'll prepare you for the theatrical I experience. Agree. The first time I came to see it, I had not seen it ever. And every, mm. the, the room was packed. <laughs> I had no idea what I was getting into. And I didn't get it even when I left. I had yeah. to watch it again <laughs> afterwards with nobody. So do, do it beforehand. Did, so did you, you hear the story it. of the old lady who came to see it? What? Uh, no. I remember, uh, yes, I remember uh, this. Very old lady. It was her birthday, and like she had some, like, maybe it was her son who escorted her. And afterwards, um, she was crying. Oh, no. And she's <sighs> like, I hope all, these, all the movies you show here aren't like this. People were yelling and throwing things. And I'm like, oh, she didn't know what she was in oh, for. Oh, no. Yeah. Like it was Didn't like her son. Like I, I don't know, but it was like part. we yeah. we had hurt her feelings. It yeah. was that bad. Because imagine coming to see like I am Big Bird and people are just like rah throwing things yeah. and yelling. But yeah, well, wow. My, my my same friend, my friend Roxy, her dad was visiting her in Mon- visiting her in Montreal, and she had a stack of Blue Razor DVDs, and her dad was like hanging out while she was at work, and he went, "Oh, I'll put on a movie," and unbeknownst, without warning put in the room just thought it oh this is a movie whatever it's a drama and oh i've got a great story after this yeah and 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 he like when she came home he was like what is this why do you own this why would you pay money for this movie especially without warning that's the best yeah like when i was a little kid we had um we had a a black box you know an illegal cable hookup and um it was Saturday night late, and we were watching TV, my mom and my older brother and I. And <laughs> I, don't, like, I don't know how this happened. This is so weird. But um, it was something like we were on some cable channel. It was like, coming up next, Bonnie and Clyde. And my mom's like, oh, Trevor, my older brother, you'll love this movie, Bonnie and Clyde. It's a classic. We, we should watch this. And then it came on, and it was a porno version. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, that's the best. <laughs> How quick before the TV <laughs> turned off. I vaguely remember it being like a 70s porno version. It wasn't like a 90s porno version. So it had a little bit more production value? It Bo- did. Boogie Night style? Like I vaguely remember because it started, like maybe we watched the first five minutes. Yeah. And I mean, we, we were too young to know uh, Warren Beatty or Faye Dunaway. So yeah. it, it was actually set in the 30s and they had all the production, Yeah. Uh, you know, 
the production value of that era. You know, they 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 got the period detail down right, but. <laughs> Wow. So I, like we quickly realized it was a porno version. So did your mom like jump up and kick over yeah. the TV? Uh, <laughs> we quickly switched the the channel. That's funny. And you were scarred for life. Amazing. See, I'm old enough to remember before the internet when. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. All you had to do was channel surf at one in the morning <laughs> and hit go on like channel sixty nine. Yeah. Find something. Or old. channel channel eleven Blunwee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Take us. We've probably shown some of those movies here. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. For sure. But um, They were just poorly dubbed versions of things yeah. anyway. European sex films. Yeah. yeah. And on that note, <laughs> we'll wrap up this episode of Masterpiece Have a good Theater. Week, everybody. <laughs> and uh, thanks for listening. Uh, goodbye, Auntie Luz. We'll miss you. Yeah. And we already miss you. Hope to hear good news soon. And uh, we'll see y'all next week. And uh, that's it. Bye. Bye. See you later. Get more out of life. Go out to a movie.